Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. I dragged you away from the ringing phone. How many job offers from the Trump administration have you turned down thus far? Can you even count? Uh, I mean, it's so many, I can't really begin. <laughs> but it is funny how one week, is it one week, just a little yes. over a week after Donald Trump wins the huge upset election, after this 48 hours of head-scratching and angst and excitement, if you like Trump, and then now it's all back to Washington's favorite sport, which is, you only get to do this once every four or eight years, which is, who gets what job? And everyone knows someone, certainly if you're a Republican, you've been out of it for eight years, so maybe you didn't like Trump, maybe you love Trump, but you know people who want to be in there, and they're all calling, and do you know so-and-so, and and can you put in a word with this person? Who's really got influence? It is, it's sort of fun in a weird Washington way. It's very, very Washington, I will certainly say that. Uh, And before we get to what you know is going on, I'd like to make a plea to the Trump campaign, to Team Trump, if you're out there listening. There's a guy guy on Twitter named Bill Mitchell, who was this kind of, and no one really ever heard of him. He was a lone voice, and he was out just thumping away for Donald Trump, making just claims and advocacy to the point that it was just astonishing. There was a great piece in the Weekly Standard right. about him, and he ended up getting hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter. And what, Please, Mr. Trump, find Bill Mitchell a job. This is this kind of guy out of the garage. You know, take He is America, and he did everything for you. Let's find a spot for Bill Mitchell. I bet they will. I, I bet I they will. will. They're they pretty will. good about reward. I think they're going to be pretty good about rewarding their loyalists. That's a mixed bag because some of their loyalists... Which brings us to, and Mr. Trump, find not a place for former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. I'm a little okay with Rudy. Um, He's been a little strident in the last year or two. Maybe it's because I'm a New Yorker. I go back to his mayoralty, which was the first term, which was really fantastic. And I've talked about foreign policy over the years, and I personally find him... Uh, pretty congenial, which I'm sure will damage his chances in the Trump in the Trump administration. I think he will be Secretary of State. He went way really? out there for Trump. But Secretary uh, of State. I mean, well, if I were a, thinking of a job for Rudy Giuliani, that would it would take me a while to work my way down to that. He one. Figures if Hillary Clinton could be Secretary of State, he could be Secretary Ooh. of State, and uh, maybe that's just another step of that rival. You know, that's the great job to have if you've already been at high levels of government. And people like us might say, "Well, what does he really know? He hasn't ever been in the State Department. He should be Attorney General." But that's not how he thinks of it. So I think he'll be Secretary of State. I think Michael Flynn will be the national security advisor. He's controversial and I think a little bit problematic. My general take on the from what I can see of the transition is the White House will be well, the transition's a mess, first of all, but all transitions are a mess. Exactly. They're each a mess in their own way. This is a Trumpian mess because it's more personal. It's Trump Tower, it's the mm-hmm. family, it's were you loyal or not. It's a little different from the typical mess. But uh, now, but you can have a lot very messy transition and still have a successful administration. You can have a messy first year of an administration and have a successful administration. Look at the Reagan White House. I do think the Trump White House will be particularly confusing, complicated, backstabbing, different centers of power, you know, wackiness, scandals, people coming and going. The key for me for the administration as someone who wasn't a Trump supporter, obviously, so I just kind of hope he succeeds for the sake of the country, is the big cabinet agencies. If you have a good secretary of state, and Giuliani I think is a question mark, but if he brings in good people, I think he could be effective. Uh, A good secretary of defense, a good attorney general, a good secretary of the treasury – you can have an awful lot of spinning and, you know, rocking back and right. forth and oddball behavior at the White House. It'll keep the Washington Post busy covering it all. But if you have a good economic package, mm-hmm. if you have decent foreign policy, if you, rebuild the, if you rebuild the military, if you nominate good Supreme Court justices and, and lower court justices, you could get yourself off to a pretty good start, actually. So you think that having uh, a, a lightning rod like Rudy Giuliani, because he is a guy who makes headlines with 
the ultimate political lightning rod, Donald Trump. I know you're thinking. You're thinking that the other people will help. For example, Attorney General Sean Hannity will calm this completely down. Secretary of Commerce Laura Ingram got this covered. I'm probably engaged in some wishful thinking, and I'm not sure that you know there there are others who could have done this job. But some of the people I know that they're talking to, and some I can't, mm. I shouldn't say their names, but it's it's a little more uh, for me reassuring a group, I would say, than one might have thought. I, I think it, it it's going to be an administration with a lot of craziness in it and around it, mm. but maybe at its core, some percentage of the policies, not all of them, will be pretty sane and sensible. One thing I think they are going to do is nominate a Supreme Court justice. Soon. Well, they can't nominate. You, right. you can't nominate a justice to your president of the United States, so that's a January 20th thing. But I think Donald Trump, maybe right after Thanksgiving, will say, here's the person I'm going to nominate. I would like the Senate to begin its uh, vetting and consideration, not formal consideration, sure. but its informal vetting uh, now ahead of time so we can get going right away on January 20th because we want to fill that ninth seat on the court. Um, I think that judge will come from the list, that candidate will come from the list of uh, the, that he released in the campaign. We were almost all sitting judges of one kind or another, very reputable, conservative. Um, it will unite, and I think it would be very smart to do this early. Why? Because conservatives and Republicans will unite behind it. Right. Conservatives are pretty good at fighting court appointment fights, I and mean, that's sort of something they're used to. It happens every few years. The Federal Society is a very well organized group of conservative lawyers that knows how to get right. op eds written and you know mm-hmm. phone calls placed and so forth. It'll unite conservatives. The left will cannot resist fighting this fight. I mean, they are obsessed with the court. Even though it's Scalia's seat, they will treat it as if they've, you know, uh, Trump has nominated someone who's going to take us back to the 19th century. And that is a good fight for Trump to have. It's good if all of December is a debate over some distinguished judge's credentials with the left making ridiculous arguments that he's going to restore, you know, Mm -hmm. segregation or something like that. And the right getting to say, we need a strong constitutionalist in the spirit of Justice Scalia. And that gets a little of the attention off all the madness, I think. Uh, You say that it's Justice Scalia's seat. You're wrong. It's Barack Obama's seat. It was stolen from him by Mitch McConnell and the evil Republicans. And that's why we... And you're absolutely right. The left will not be able to resist this trap. Yeah, I forgot about that. They, they think that McConnell it's, illegitimately. Exactly. Incidentally, can I say that all the conservatives, and I'm sympathetic with some of this, who just, oh, those establishment Republicans in Washington, they don't know how to do anything. Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, right. sellouts, nothing <laughs> worthwhile. Mitch McConnell. And this was not Donald Trump's idea. Right. And this was not the alt-right's idea and Breitbart's right. idea. Mitch McConnell, uh, the moment Justice Scalia tragically died, uh, you know, within days or maybe even hours, I assume there was an appropriate uh, time span, sure. but that's not too long a one. He went to all his colleagues privately, made sure they were with him because he didn't. He's not the kind of guy who announces something and then gets undercut. Made sure they were OK with basically saying no appointment this year in 2016. And he held them. And there was a lot of – people now sure. take it for granted. There was a lot of media pressure. You remember what that was? That, Absolutely. How could you – a whole year? It's terrible. Yeah. It's illegitimate. Uh, you can, you know, well, even racism. You're denying Don, right. uh, President Obama his final year in office because he's black and he's the president until January 20, 2017. And this is because right. of your race hatred. And, Obama, and President Obama nominated probably among the more moderate of the candidates right. he could have, which made it a little tougher even. 
But I give McConnell a lot of credit. And again, these guys don't get much credit from uh, from our own, you know, from conservatives right. around the country. And they sometimes deserve criticism. But that that was something he did that's a genuine service. If you care about the Constitution, if you care about the Supreme Court, uh, Donald Trump mm-hmm. will have the appointment to make. But it's thanks to Mitch McConnell. How much do you think in the first week plus uh, Donald Trump has been helped by the reaction from the left, the people who will be soon wailing and gnashing their teeth over the Supreme Court? I, I My message is, is if you want to see... Donald Trump's approval ratings hit level, <laughs> which, which would be a huge accomplishment. If, right. you want, if you want to see him hit 50 uh, percent, know, then you just keep trashing the electoral system, trashing the voters, waving signs that say, quote, your vote is a hate crime. Close quote. You keep doing that and America will take care of the rest. Yeah, and I think, don't you think also the media just kind of, uh, there's plenty to criticize about. I'm not a fan of the appointment of Steve Bannon, obviously, to the White House. Right. And there's plenty to criticize, but the kind of hysteria of the mm-hmm. media in reporting on the transition. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, there's a report from somewhere that maybe Trump once wondered whether his kids should have security clearances. Not a crazy idea, incidentally. Sure. I mean, they'll pick up mm-hmm. stuff sitting, having dinner with him in a phone conversation. They probably should have a, a security briefing, at least. Mm-hmm. And maybe they should have clearances. Anyway, this is suddenly an outrage. Can you believe it? How could he even suggest such a thing? Um, how could he go out to dinner and uh, not bring the press pool oh, with him, even though he's not president best. yet? And he's went you know four blocks away in New York. Um, and even though it's I was the vice president's chief of staff, the media is never allowed into the restaurant or a place you're eating dinner. Right. They, they send us they pitch you out outside so they sure. can sit, be outside. Fine, they probably, in the few, when he's president, they'll go stand outside the Twenty One Club instead of uh, being five <laughs> blocks away and not knowing where he is. But again, pitching a, it's one thing to say, okay, you know what, we should try right. to have a routine here. Uh, let's not. But instead, they pitch a fit about mm-hmm. it. They're interviewing each other on TV right. about it. I, I agree. The combination of the left and the media, I think, are helping Trump now. I was down at the Republican Governors Association yesterday on a moderating a panel. And so I talked privately with a fair number of the governors who were pretty savvy political guys. And that was very much their sense, that it's been sort of chaotic and messy, the transition, and he's made some mistakes probably. But uh, they're probably more than compensated for by a normal public looking up and saying, well, give the guy a chance. You know, let's see what happens. It's a week after the election. Is it a terrible thing that he hasn't appointed a secretary of state or an attorney general yet? I mean, it's a week. There's a reason we have a a (laughs) two-and-a-half-month transition, right? I mean, there's a reason the inauguration is not until January 20th. Most presidents don't appoint their cabinet Mm -hmm. until two, three, four weeks after they're elected. And obviously, Trump didn't expect to win, and obviously, he has less no Washington experience, et cetera. So I think it's helping him. One point one of the governors made down there was very good, interesting, I thought. He said... It's really important that Trump get off to a good start. He's a Republican. He said not just because I'm a Republican, because, but for just analytically for the Trump president, he, he wins with a minority of the popular vote. He's obviously very controversial. Um, if he could start and do pretty well, and if we all look up on March 15th, right. and he's suddenly at a 52% approval, mm-hmm. we're not talking 60 or 70. Sure. We're not really talking a honeymoon, but we're talking getting above sure. water. It would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. It would really mean that he has a shot. At sort of going ahead and getting his legislation through and and doing some things that he wants to do and doing some other things he may not have expected he had to do and so forth. Um, If he starts off sort of underwater and never gets above – it's, it's just it's very tough to sort of ever get the kind of momentum you'd want to get in your first year. And one of the forces that can have the most uh, negative impact on him, the media, and they keep in a way taking themselves out of the game. I don't think they get it yet. Just the low regard – people have for them. This uh, whining about why are you treating us this way, the typical person, having listened to the press announce, not not suggest, not 
biased, but announced on the front page of the New York Times, we're not going to treat Donald Trump the way reporters treat candidates. He's too dangerous. We're not going to act like reporters. We're going to do something else. Okay, fine. Well, he won, and now you want to be treated like reporters. Uh, sorry, you've already made the decision to turn this into open partisan warfare. There is nothing he can do to them. I mean, he could leave, he could leave them standing on the side of the road in a rainstorm right. while his bus drives away, and he and Ivanka wave at them, and the, and the average American will go, well, good for them. It's also just, and it's, we found this in the campaign, too, he was helped by the conflation of serious problems. In my view, they were serious with Donald Trump and trivial things. Right. And once you mix the trivial in with the serious, people think, tend to think everything's trivial. It's a kind of version of Gresham's exactly. law, I guess. You know, Trivial flaws drive out serious flaws. So, for example, there are real criticisms to be made of Rudy Giuliani as a potential Secretary of State, much more serious criticisms than yet, I would say, to be made of Michael Flynn as National Security Advisor, even more serious criticisms of Stephen Bannon as a counselor to the president. But what is, you pick, I look, I was on TV earlier today, and so before I was on, I was looking, obviously, at the TV and the headline and what they were talking about. That's all Rudy Giuliani conflicts of interest. <laughs> now, what is that? Rudy Giuliani's been a private citizen for 15 years. Right. The firm, which he is part of and runs, I guess, um, does security work for a zillion people, including some governments and you know, foreign entities, some of them not so nice. Right. Um, cybersecurity and so forth. Some were so not nice, they gave money to the Clinton Foundation. But again, this was work he did as a private citizen. He has never said he's going to continue doing that work, unlike, if I might say, the Clinton Foundation, when he's Secretary of State. I assume, in fact, he'll sell his stake in the firm or recuse himself totally from all dealings or something like that. Millions of, I mean, every half the cabinet officers in the last 30 years in both parties have had business dealings before they joined the cabinet. And that was just part of their private lives. And then unless they did something dishonest or went to jail or whatever, they just, that's over, and then they go, go into the cabinet. But that's not a scandal. And if that's what they're going to focus on, right. it makes it hard to distinguish the serious problems with some of the things Trump wants to do or might be doing and the utterly trivial things that they latch on to. Yeah, I agree. The media is Trump's secret weapon. I, I agree completely. And Secretary of Labor Michael Moore is going to make sure that this doesn't <laughs> happen. No, he's going to have to bring on a Democrat. Come on. What about Webb? What do you think of Secretary of Defense uh, Senator Webb? I like Jim Webb. I don't know that I, I don't know that will happen. Maybe he could be sort of some other position. VA, that would be a good one for him, actually. Send someone like Webb who's a tough guy and there to right. really change it, really you know, uh, make that place do what it should do for a year or two. Uh, well, we we are obviously awaiting the call for what position Bill Crystal will have in the cabinet. And I'll uh, keep you posted. Think, You'll be the first, this podcast, podcast will be the first to know. <laughs> I'll certainly say you're as likely to hear it here as anywhere else. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.